This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. We are exactly 24 hours away from a trade trade deadline day, and we've seen some big names disappear from the board, but they keep coming. The hits just keep on coming. Tyler Batuzzi this morning from Detroit to the Boston Bruins. We're going to get into that and so much more. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Dave Sisboombon, Sammy McKee. Next two hours, we're glad you're aboard wherever you're watching, listening, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. You are here, and we are glad that's the case. Leafs, Oilers. (laughs) Can't think of a, a more anticipated game. And I'll bring you in, Sammy, first, and then we'll get to JB, but... In the last few years, the hype over this one, the, the, the major trades, the work, the build-up, and then for Leaf Nation, Sheldon said it best, disappointed. That stunk. Bad. <laughs> that, that was not enjoyable for one second. From the drop of the puck until the end of the game, it was very obvious who was going to win that game. And uh, the team that did win was the team. And they were very good, and the Leafs were very bad, and it hurt. I was very excited about that game. I was juiced up, ready to rock, as I talked about yesterday on the show. And uh, I don't know, the, the, the Springsteen flu, the, they had a couple too many cocktails. I don't know, they were chugging too many Starbucks, so they're in, in Seattle. I don't know what the hell happened, but they laid an absolute egg, fellas. JB- is there a chance Leaf, Sammy and Leaf Nation will make too much out of this? Yeah, for sure there is. There, There is an absolute chance. But, you know, you just start at the first checkpoint, which it was, that was a thorough, comprehensive ass-kicking from the Edmonton Oilers, who looked fantastic on in all facets of the game. I couldn't believe how much it felt like McDavid and Drysaddle were on the ice. It felt like they played 40 minutes last night. Their, their best guys were unbelievable. And the Leafs, you know, I don't even know if you can say it on the air, but hockey coaches say it all the time. They didn't piss a drop. There there was nothing. No moment of life, no pushback, nothing. When you look at the scoring, though, you know, Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins, I think they ended up with a point each. But really, one one guy just ran you over, and that was Connor McDavid. And we know where the eyeballs are and the, you know, the TV crews, I get it. Sportsnet wants to sell this thing big time. They want to match up McDavid versus Matthews. Mm -hmm. And I saw last night, one guy who, who took on that challenge, who lived up to that challenge. Mm -hmm. I saw one guy look across at another guy and say, you know, that MVP award, that should have been mine last year. I'm going to jam it down your throat tonight. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest look I got last night is that Austin didn't answer the bell against McDavid on a big stage last night. Yeah. Now McDavid is feeding everyone their lunch is five straight games with two goals, which uh, Ken Reed had a great line last night on Sportsnet Central, which was like, if the only person you're behind in a stack category is named Punch, 
you're doing pretty good. You know, it's an old record at that point. I think it's 1920 punch broadbent. I think it's had six two goal games yeah. in a row. So Played McDavid, on a line with Newsy alone. <laughs> that's it. So, yeah, McDavid's doing the thing. But you're right. I mean, there was nothing there. Um, the Leafs generated in 60 minutes of hockey last night. One high danger chance. Their high danger chances from the last five games are 21, 18, 18, 12, 10, and 1. Well, it's not good. They had 10 high danger against the the Kraken? Was that correct? Yeah. And actually, I I actually skipped one there. Sorry. Against the Wild, they only had five. So those two are their lowest totals of the year. Five and then one. Five is their second lowest. One last night. Uh, One feels high. One. <laughs> one, one, one. They've had games with in the twenties. I'm just trying to think of the goal that they did score, where they came off of. I guess you know Marner shot it in on the flank through yeah, the yeah. screen. Yeah, and then the other one was everyone thought it was offside and in camp. Yeah, I uh, guess that's the one on that's it. in the yeah. slot. Yeah, that was it. All right, um, we know we're going to get some some meat off of uh, Sheldon's clips. Oh boy, today. Yeah, because that one. He felt that one. But I want to hear more. I want to hear from you before, Sheldon. Okay. Do you think that, are you, you asked me if I think it's a, at the risk of making too big a deal out of it. Yeah. Do you take anything from last night? First game with new guys? uh, I'm okay with it. In terms of new new faces coming in, the room's spinning a little bit. I I can buy that a little bit. I'm not ready to sell out their whole season based on what I saw last night. And we we know they're better. And they do have a reputation of not letting bad losses linger too long. Mm -hmm. They they turn them into two and three, four-game winning streaks pretty quick here. Uh, But we, I I, I just think uh, they were missing an emotional element last night. They didn't have to be crisp. They didn't have to look clean. Mm -hmm. But there was an emotional... uh, element that uh, is concerning and I am with Sheldon in terms of not the new guys here just the the old guys the yeah. guys that I'm, I'm supposed to count on right now and I don't know how long I want to keep waiting on watching Matthews become the guy that I know and to a, a s- same extent Morgan Riley mm-hmm. like these are two of my most important guys. Yeah. One's up front, one's on the blue line, and I didn't get much emotion out of them last night. To me, that's that's a concern. You know, you're 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 twenty games in, yeah, you know, or twenty games, uh, last twenty games here. We, we got to start seeing something more out of these guys on a on longer stretches to get ready for game one, and that's mm-hmm. that's going to be Sheldon's challenge now. There's other elements of the game last night I, 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 I'm also concerned about. But the loss, not so much losing to Edmonton, uh, but the, the emotional attachment that uh, I thought mm-hmm. should have been there is is not. And uh, Sheldon should address it today for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you in that I'm not going to make a huge deal out of it. Sometimes uh, you, you have bad nights. That happens. It doesn't go your way. You don't feel good. Whatever it is, Some it happens. Um, but I'm with you. I think you really hit the nail on the head with Matthews, nothing. Marner, or sorry, not Marner, um, Riley is a, a concern for me now. Yeah. You know, where it almost feels like you need to protect him a little bit or shelter him in some way. Um, you know, sometimes when a star player gets hurt, the, the rest of the team 
picks it up and then you get a great performance from your guys. Yeah. This felt like the star players being like, oh, I'm excited to watch these new players play. Like everyone's going to sit back and watch, you know, Jake McCabe do his thing and Sam Lafferty play rather than play. They didn't play last night. All right, let's go to uh, Sheldon. We'll just start with uh, the main reason why they they weren't in the game from the get-go. Let's listen to Sheldon Keith. We played it. We just didn't play with any purpose or intelligence. <laughs> that's better than soft and purposeless the year before. It's the same thing. It's close. It's right? soft, That's soft and purposeless. Well, no purpose is the same. Intelligence is very different from calling your team soft. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. Yeah. That. But it's very similar. Yeah, in terms of very that's, displeased from the coach. That's as disappointing as it gets for a guy that has watched – you know, a quarter of his team out, mm-hmm. new guys in that are supposed to drag other people into the fight. And I, I know, I'm certainly not pinning anything on Lafferty and, you know, McCabe. Noel Achari or even McCabe, yeah. right? But where is that we're all in this together now feel last night? That was missing. Yeah, and, you know, you could see those guys trying to do something. McCabe had the accidental cross-check to Nurse's head just about, and Lafferty, you know, there are moments where they showed a little bit of fire and, and engagement, but, you know, I am a little worried about all the different things we want to see happen with this group, whether it's different D pairs, different line combinations, power play units. Like, there's a lot to get sorted out, and it feels pretty, I don't know. It feels pretty scrambled right now trying to get it sorted. Like Lafferty last night, you know, Sammy and I were talking, like, liked his yeah. energy, had yeah. the puck on a couple two-on-ones, but made a couple of plays that you make on, on losing teams. You know, turns a puck over while he's going for a change. Not a very good effort on the dump, and it goes back the other way, and they score. Not a big deal. Which like, was that the, uh, um, the fourth one? Yeah, I think it was the okay. fourth one. He, he doesn't get it deep at the red right before he steps off the ice, and it's no big yeah. deal. Happens ten times, you're probably fine. But you just don't do it. So there's some concerns for me just about them. Do they have time to find what it's going to be, this cohesive unit? I will say that Lafferty, like, you immediately don't miss Angval because of Lafferty. Yeah. Like, he just, he's got that same pace. He's got that. He's he's hard to miss. He is. On his shifts. He's PK and you see him and he'll at least get at you. And he goes, he goes in the northern direction as opposed to turning south. <laughs> People hate the Engvall turnaround. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I really do. And I think Lafferty... Oh, turn up? Oh, man. I'm not going to miss his turn up. The neutral zone? I'm going to bring this the, back to our end. Turn up. Go forward. The oh, turn up? I never, turn liked, up. I never like eating turn ups, and I don't like turn ups <laughs> in hockey. Turn up, Engvall. Should so, we have a, a weigh-in on, on Jake McCabe's first night before we get more into clips? Uh, yeah. You know what? I, I want to stick with just okay. the overall feel of the game, and then we'll start breaking down a, a few guys, okay? I'm in. All right, let's go to uh, Keith on just the overview of the game. Yeah, it's tough to, to get a... To me, uh, our opponent tonight was very focused and very committed to play together to win the game. I thought our guys... We started fine, but you could, just the way we started the penalty kill against the number one power play in the history of the NHL get our first exit and give it right back to them like we're not serious about winning when that's the case and that's nothing to do those are our, our regular penalty killers those are our top people that's how we started the game and didn't get much better from there keeps a little dramatic did sometimes out, did he call out marner him and camp i think he called them out for not 
just getting the puck down the ice. Calling it not just the best power play, but the best power play in the history of the NHL was dramatic for me. But yeah, you know the play, we watched it. It actually is. I know, I know. But Marner has the puck on sort of a two-on-three and tries to make a play, which he makes nine times out of ten, turns it over, they go back and score in a rush. Yeah, that's... See, Sheldon needs to pick his battles better there. He he does not need to to call out Marner on that. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of that at all. This guy, you know what he's all about on the penalty kill. You love him on the penalty kill. You can argue that he's the best penalty killer. Brad Marchand uh, is the best penalty killer, in my opinion, in the league. Him and Marner are, are unbelievable here. Yeah. And it's... It's not even. It's not even a, a turnover. I know it's a turnover to go back and score, mm-hmm. but you you mentioned it. It's a one on two, right? Yeah. So he's got a defender and he's got a back checker. You've turned it over ten feet inside their blue line, which means that if I'm watching two Oilers on one Marner, you're still three on three back there. Mm-hmm. It's not the turnover that that killed you. It's it's the three-on-three three that, that hurt you. Yeah, and but I, I get the idea, though, that Keith is saying, you know, that's a tone setter for them in terms of doing the right things and playing a, a good game. I agree that the turnover is not egregious by any means. Oh, my like, Camp's there with them. But I, I get the idea that we're trying to s- set the tone, you know. The- yeah, and you can talk about the goaltender, you know, slide into the corner to try to make a save off the goal line. Yeah, here, didn't, didn't bail them out. And the other thing with, with Sheldon is he wants to blanket – Everybody, it's like okay, we're we, you got twenty games to get ready for the first round here. It's okay if you use names mm-hmm. like Marner's a goal and an assist last night. He was the best out of all of them, not even close. Okay, by far the best. By far, yeah. like he has most nights. Eh, well, yeah. Stop it. Yeah, he's good. He's really okay. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other guys I mean, are listen, really not Tavares, everything's a f- Marner referendum. Tavares, yeah. Tavares, no good. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly and Willie were dogs last night. Yes, okay? they got they got smoked. Yeah, they got smoked. The Matthews Marner Bunting line was on for the bulk of the chance against. That line was on for absolutely nothing See, created. Like you, you want to call out Marner on on that turnover on a tone? Go watch three one to four one. Hyman's goal. Mm-hmm. Just watch it one more time, and watch where Willie Nylander is when Hyman ends up with the puck. His feet are gone. He's he's cheating again, mm-hmm. and he's left it completely open for for Hyman. No mention of that, right? No mention of that. It's three one. I, I think you're four, upset about the wrong one. thing here. Like four one is over. Three one, you're in the game. Four one, you want to cheat out of the zone. Right. It's over. It I just don't understand. Like when when can you call guys out, your your best guys for making plays that aren't helping the team? We were saying their top six wasn't good enough. He found that a tone setting moment yeah. from what you know, the guy who's been their best leaf this year, the MVP of their team. At some point, you got to say we need more from everyone. You, you got to have a thicker skin if you can't take a comment from the coach. And he's he uh, is he still scarred from the beginning of the year where he had you to. You tell me. He had to come back and you know apologize. I guess 
Yeah, I don't know. He certainly changed his tone for a while, didn't he? Like in terms of calling out these guys, we didn't hear him really weigh in on the top guys too much, other than to overpraise at times. Typically, yeah, because, when it, well, they've been really good that for helps. a lot of the year. There's yeah. not a lot of reasons. But last night it was a night to call out all your top guys. Like yeah. I think you could have done a a sort of a blanket statement here. Like you can't be like, oh, and the top guys and not Marner, but like you could definitely call out the top guys to the effort last night because it just felt like there was a lot of puck watching. There was one play in the defensive zone where the 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 puck was on the boards, and I think it was O'Reilly, I think it was Giordano, and I forget who the other guy was, and they all just kind of like had the moment where they looked at each other and they're like, are you going or am I going to go? <laughs> yeah. And they just kind of were like stuck in mud. They looked, boys, they looked hungover. I don't know. They looked... The puck watching last night was unbelievable. You know, I, I I see people on Twitter being, you know, Leafs fans talking about this team in the moments you're supposed to be excited. Every time you get fired up, like we talked yesterday, they've had eight games to eliminate an opponent and they haven't got it done. And in those moments, not being able to be the better team. Last night felt like one of those games, but my only, my only, I don't push, agree with that. I see. I don't either. Cause you think a game one against Tampa Bay, they come out and win five, nothing pretty big moment there. I would argue. Yeah. So I don't think it's true that the top guys don't show up all the time in big moments. But I don't know. Do you think it's a trend with with the top guys? You you tell me they find a way to have two or three nights like that, and they lose in the first round in six or seven games. Yeah, yeah, we're we're lining them up for character flaws. Yeah, for sure talented guys but just don't bring it when they need to and mm-hmm. this has been a, an ongoing thing with those guys and talented arguably the some of the most talented players in history yeah for the toronto maple leafs the numbers the the records the blah 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 right just can you win when you're supposed to win yeah and that it's going to come down to it and it won't matter last night was a perfect example of what will happen if they don't get out of the first round. You ain't going back there and saying, well, that Lafferty should have been given a you know, we need a little bit more from Lafferty yeah. and Achari, yeah. you know, come on, Achari. Where was Achari? You're right. No, they're going to go back and they're going to go Matthews, Willie, Marner, and Tavares, and Riley. Yeah. Those some- are the five guys that will get hammered. Yeah. And last night should have been a little bit warm up. Like Sheldon should have gone back to them and going, guys, if if you're feeling it today about last night, wait in the first round. Oh, yeah. That's a reminder to you what it's going to be like in terms of media, coach talking oh, about you. It's an awesome point. Like, it's a, right? it's a warm up. It is. It's a warm up. You know what scares me, though, is it reminds me of a point that I've made several times is that can you tape grit and character to the core if the guys who play 21 minutes a night don't have it? Well, that's, I mean, right. then that is the most horrifying sentence spoke today. Well, because it's true. You know, you can, like, I mean, and listen, say what you will about Dubas and say what, he, what you will about the bottom half of the lineup and how he, he's had a lot of different versions of the bottom half of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like there's been a few holdovers here and there, but he has mixed and matched the bottom six to go along with his core. And none of it has worked to get past the first round. Right. So there's something there. Anyways. Yeah. Matthews will always be tagged, I believe, as the second best talented player in the world. Yeah. Behind Connor. If, if he's lucky. 
You He'll think? be called that. No, no, no. Right now? He, name me a player more talented than Austin Matthews besides Connor McDavid. Pure talent. It's a tough one. Sorry? That's a tough one. I'm just thinking. Like, there's I, guys I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's fine. I mean, I'd He's put, there. I'd put McKay okay. in there. We, we, can, we can talk about different players and saying, okay, 1, 1A, right, whatever. Right. But yeah. you get my point. He's in that. He's in the top five. For He's sure. in the handful. Yeah. He's there. Mm-hmm. But what is constantly missing with this guy? It's yeah. just a little bit of, of edge. Can he get pissed off? Can he get upset? Can we just see some gone, emotion gone, right? out of him yeah. besides this amazing talent? Yep. It's a great point. It's a great point that is coming, you know, as the sample size gets large enough. You know, you see games where Connor is, you know, they lose to Boston the other night and you see him in his interview after the game and he's ready to jump off a bridge and games where he says, I'm just, I'm willing this just team scored, over the line. Just scored my 50th goal. I don't care. I do not care. Don't care. And and not that I'm saying Matthews cares about that stuff. He doesn't. Few people have Connor's obsession with winning in the same way that Crosby had an obsession with winning. You know, it's, I don't even mean it as a criticism that he is not weirdly obsessed with it the way that some people are. But he is different, it feels like, in terms of the uh, And the problem is if you don't have have any edge, if you rarely get pissed off, then you start getting accused of being disengaged. Yeah. Which is... It's felt that way on a couple of, more than a couple of nights this season for Austin. Oh, yeah. That he does look like he's disengaged. The talent is there. Hey, score a goal, shoot a 40-foot wrist shot. Yeah, we, we can still see it. But, you know, there are moments where uh, if it's Konechny earlier this year or Ben Sherratt, a little ragdolling him in the first round of the playoffs – it's not a normal response just to kind of let it roll off your back. I wonder, though, I wonder if this has not been surprising for Matthews, a guy who everything has, it has come to him eventually, right? Like he has excelled, he, what he went over to Switzerland, he, he's won everything, you know, individual awards along the way, he's the first overall pick, it just, it comes easy to him. And then you get to the NHL and all these guys, have been most of them have been superstars and whatever and it takes another level of determination and commitment even Connor McDavid hasn't been handed Stanley Cups and I'm wondering now if this some of this stuff is not eye-opening that man you really gotta dig in even the best in the world we see edge and the ability to be pissed off out of McDavid Nathan McKinnon, come on. Weirdly obsessed with winning. And, like... Broke his hand in a fight last pissed, year. Pissed off in edge. Yeah. Okay. Kucherov. But, uh, Kucherov. Crosby. Marchand. Yeah, I don't know. Kucherov's not one for me. Marchand. In terms of being nasty and nasty, obsessed and no, with winning? No, he's right. not obsessed with winning. His body okay. language, some days right. he's like, hey. I mean, it's just, it's the one thing that's missing... Out of Austin's game. Yeah. 
You're right. I mean, I can't sit here and disagree with that. And, and, and I'm, I wish, and I, I'm I wish also I could not because... saying that that's why they lost last no. night alone. But it is a we've had enough. No, this is big picture stuff here. You'd think in a game where, like you said, Kipper, you're going up against a guy that is perceived. It's the you're the first overall picks. It's this matchup. It's this head to head, big Canadian, you know, matchup between these two fan bases. Tons of vitriol between them, and you go down five two or something. You know, like Crosby or somebody might cross check somebody in the face, not in the face, but like get <laughs> yeah. them in the back, or like there might be a slash, or they might be mean, or get in a scrum. That game fell over when it was over. It yeah. was and three I, one four one. It was me and Jay were just sitting on the couch last night, and I said when they were down five one, I was like, "Could somebody just do something stupid? <laughs> <laughs> like, could somebody go out there and just you know entertain me? No, just yeah, seem like you're pissed off. Yeah, and that's I thought these new guys were kind of like gritty guys that are like in your face and mad. It just seemed like they didn't really care that they were getting hosed. Last I, I think there's some figuring out going on here still. Yep, you know. Game one with those guys. Okay. What do they call that thing? Uh, Defcon. 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 Yeah. One to five, right? Yeah. Did the number change before the game for Samsonov and the Leafs uh, goaltending situation? <laughs> Did Does it go up <laughs> when it's more dangerous? Defcon or? five is the lowest threat. Defcon one is like. Okay. Where are we on the Defcon chart of Samsonov? Okay. Being your goalie. So is DEFCON, is it just like all of it's bad? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Five, five's not as bad. No, One five, is five's a country club. <laughs> okay. We're going to the beach. Yeah. I, listen. One, we're looking for a bomb shelter. <laughs> I thought he was uh, really good after he let in four. <laughs> he was, actually. He made a lot of saves, which is, speaks worse to the Leafs than anything, is that they kept thought, giving up chances. I thought chances. he really cleaned it up after he let in four, but... Okay. Listen, we've been talking about this all. Like, I no, don't know no, how many times he can say it. Was very concerning for I me. I agree, Kipper. I could, he couldn't find his net if he had a searchlight. <laughs> there's two. Oh, ver- there's two versions of this Samson. show today, and I don't disagree. I agree again. There's two versions of him. The one where, like, you go, you can tell very early on with him. I feel like with the with the eye test, if he's solid, not moving around a whole lot, he's kind of just like he's quiet. You're not seeing a lot of movement. But when he's off, he gets flying side to side, and it's like he seems like he loses his net and loses the puck, and it's like that's the one I don't like seeing. That's yeah. the, the scary one for me. So I don't know. I, I'm not the same DEFCON I was yesterday. Today, last night didn't change anything for me. I've been worried about this since the start of the year. Yeah. I, I don't – because there's no available solution – I tend not to overthink those ones and just cross my fingers. I thought there was a solution in Jonathan Quick before Vegas picked him up hours ago. Over Samsonov? No, not over Samsonov. Just to reinforce yeah. the whole thing. You'd rather have Quick than Murray is what you're saying. Listen. Pull that. I, I, I People think, would rather have Quick or Murray. I, I think, in all honesty, I think that if you were able to kind of massage your roster a little bit, get columbus to pick 50 percent up get somebody else to pick up 25 i think there could have been a scenario where you just brought in quick in and you could have kept matt murray and you could have kept samson off and do the three goalie thing like you did uh with with riddick yeah quick and was already 50 percent. so I've, I've gone on record saying I, I hate that but under the scenario of everything that we've seen kyle dubas and brendan shanahan do that you've gone this far yeah to now do nothing for your for your for your goaltending situation and to leave it as is and 
leave it that exposed when you've gone this far yeah to me is asinine yeah i i quick pl- quick has been very bad this year yeah he has. what's that quick has been very bad he has year. but he's definitely the type I mean, of crazy he, vengeful arrogant guy that you would love yeah, to have in the playoffs and he's yeah. a stanley cup he's also, champion he's also yeah. an eight, he's also too, an eight, I, se- I know your point. he's also an 878 yeah. he's just in another 31 veteran games. I I just can't imagine a scenario to the Jonathan Quick. I want to be so wrong about the Leafs goalie situation. I want Matt Murray to be healthy and to all of a sudden go on this great run and show this prowess and whatever. I just don't want to be right about the goalie situation, and I would feel much better if it wasn't. Let me tell you my fear: if it wasn't um, Murray and Wool behind him, my fear is tonight they play the Flames. The Flames have the biggest difference between real goals and expected goals. As in, their expected goals is very high, but they don't finish. They can't finish a lick, this team. They barely pass the puck. All the shots are straight and on. tonight, the expected ones become real. Well, no, my fear is that tonight Joe Wool goes in. Yeah. The real ones stay down. He looks great because they can't finish a lick. And they go, Joe Wool's good enough. We're good with Wool. We're fine. They reach their conclusion tonight. Wool plays well tonight. And they go, we don't need someone. Or he gets lit up. Well, at least you have some time to do something at that point. I, that's best case scenario. Tick, is he gives up a dozen. Tick, yeah, tick. well, you can still defuse the bomb while it's ticking. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't know what's out there now. And that's that was like the best of a bad situation with Jonathan Quick. And I'm not suggesting that he would have come in here yeah. and and taken Samson off. You can still groom Samson off, and you could actually just leave Matt Murray in. And at least if Matt Murray disappears again. You got John. I'd rather go to Jonathan Quick than Wall. Oh yeah, no, I would too. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. But that's what we're talking about. My I, fear I, is I, that wait, Matt Murray. When you put it that way, yeah, <laughs> Matt Murray. Is, the, you know, do we have comments from Keith on Murray? We do have uh, a little. Well, let's go to let's go to Keith on 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 leaving Samsonov in first, and yeah. then we'll bounce it to Matt Murray. No, he needs to stay in there. It's going to be Joe Wall's game tomorrow, so it's you know this is the type of game against this type of opponent that he needs to stay in there for. Right, I, so. I agree. Might as well hang him out there and say, hey, figure it out. He kind of figured it out. He got better as the night went I on. Know. But imagine that type of game out of Samsonov to go down 3-2 in the series. You want to go back to him or you ready to say next man up? It depends if Murray's available or not. This is what kills me with Murray. Okay, now let's play the Murray clip on his update. Oh, no, we're not going to play the Murray clip just yet. But... What kills me about, yeah, okay, now we're ready for the Murray clip. Let's do it. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think he's close. Tomorrow's going to be a scheduled day off for him, but he's been doing really well. I mean, he'll skate again on uh, on Friday and just continue to progress from there, but everything's been positive. First off, why do they schedule a day off for him the day before trade deadline? Um, but what kills me is he hasn't played since September se- or sorry January 17th from a non-incident. He yeah. just tweaked an ankle in warm-up. And he hasn't played in six weeks. We're talking about practice. We're talking about <laughs> not even. Warm-up is less. <laughs> it's taxing. And here's the, other th- here's the other thing I discovered here is that, like, Samsonov's issue right now is he's playing too much. Think so? I think if you, if you go back, the best-case scenario where it was trending and, and, and moving was... At best case scenario between Murray and Samsonov when Murray was healthy was 2-1, right? Mm-hmm. Two starts for every one for the other guy. 
you can't, you can't count on Samsonov to go long stretches here. He needs rest. He needs practices. He needs a, a mental break. This is why I'm I'm scared to just leave it in the hands of, of a Matt Murray. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. If you look at his elite prospects page or hockey DB or whatever, every time he plays like 20 to 30 games in the season, he has high numbers. And every time he's over sort of 35 to 40 and numbers get up there, his season stats aren't good. I don't know if high volume of workload just doesn't work for him or if that's a coincidence, which is very possible. But yeah, he, he wasn't great last year in playing 44 times. He was an 896. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe workload does play into it for him. In which if, case, if biting if my Kyle fingernails isn't sound. looking at goaltending options out there, he is not doing his job. Hard agree. Okay. Yeah, hard agree. Hard agree. But we are in the minority. Elliot last night on, on... We've been talking about this since like October, boys. Elliot on TV last night said he, he the Leafs aren't pursuing a goalie. So yeah, uh, here's a, what I think. That's a, that's a mistake. I and, think and, I, see, and listen, with all due respect to Elliot, I don't believe it. Yeah. I think they see Murray as a deadline addition. That's what they're saying. They're saying to themselves... We're getting Murray back. It's as good as, you know, we'd bet on him. If he was on another team yeah. and we were looking for a goalie, we'd bet on yeah. Murray as much as the next guy. So why not just bet on Murray? I would agree with you if Kyle had been on the planet Pluto the last <laughs> two years because that is not trading for somebody yeah. who finds a way to disappear on you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a concern. What? Okay. Uh, talk about McCabe? I know third period. Yes. Uh, uh, Jake what's McCabe. That? Jake McCabe, you want to talk about him? No, not yet. Okay. One more for me. Oh, we're running out of time. <laughs> okay. We need a three-hour um, show today. I, I, I'll be quick here. But the third period, I know Kyle alluded to it being kind of like garbage time or it just didn't really matter to him. But we did see a scenario where it was one, two, three in the center uh, ice position. Yeah, we did. With Ryan O'Reilly, Tavares, and Matthews. Riley played with and, Lafferty and Kerfoot. Yeah. They were excellent. They, I, they were awesome. Yeah. And like that shouldn't not uh shouldn't just be a, a throwaway here i wholeheartedly agree with you guys that uh to me that that could shape up love the idea of always having a, a star on the ice or at least an elite brain if you don't think o'reilly's a star yeah no and it, it just you know you, you may say it's a small sample size that they he's going off of but he's never seen any of these guys ever play together so it's like you see, what was it, three good shifts those guys had yeah. together? It's like, that's enough to go again tonight. Like, would you guys, I'm going to be surprised if we go into the game tonight here and it's not those three guys down the middle again. I agree. One more before McCabe. And that is the one thing, it's still out there, guys. The left side. And watching Michael Bunting, disappointed in Michael Bunting last night. Mm-hmm. Did not notice him. He didn't piss anybody off either. He wasn't in anyone's face. He wasn't, we didn't get that, that bunting look last night. Yeah, I agree. He got elbowed in the mouth by Dreisaitl and like went up to him and kind of like grabbed onto his jersey a little bit. And then Dreisaitl kind of like looked at him, just skated away. I was like, oof, that's a, t- <laughs> that's a, tough, that's a tough look for okay. bunting. Yeah. Here we go. Two key ads last night in both hockey games at home. For Oilers and McCabe on the blue line. JB, where do you want to start? Uh, I want to start with McCabe because I think we got to, we, we owe it to Leafs fans. Um, I thought he looked really nervous. You know, I, I 
two two thoughts. I thought he looked like a player that that is a good player. Skates well, nice size. Like I, I like a lot about his. He looks like someone who's a player to me. I thought he played poorly last night. Um, a few times, just the Leafs. Leafs are really crisp, aren't they? Like talented guys. They get the puck up, they go. I thought a little slow with decision making, and a lot of pucks started coming back his way. Um, yeah, I just thought, you know, first game, I understand that he would be nervous. It's a big spot, a lot of attention. I didn't think he was great last night. You, Kip? Um, I don't know yet, and we're going to have to see in the next couple of weeks if he's a legit 3-4. He, he could be a very good 5-6 on a deep team. Mm-hmm. And didn't like his penalty. Yeah, do you think it was uh, like didn't like his penalty? I don't like stick break penalties. Well, I like, didn't like that he he didn't move his feet from mm-hmm. the top of the circle to the slash. That's fair. Yeah, that's and I assessment. think if he moves his feet, there's not a real sense to slash there because you're almost shoulder to shoulder with a guy, and it's more of a a push or a shove than it is a slash. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, you know as we progress. Hopefully he he locks it in with somebody here, and we still don't know where ultimately his best fit is on a on a pair. Yeah, uh, but I thought he got better. It's, uh, there, there's just there's no there's no early presence of McCabe like there would have been if the Leafs ended up with Ekholm or Orlov. Yeah, you know even Chikrin will see him tonight against uh, uh, playing at Ottawa mm-hmm. with the Rangers. And ultimately, I, I don't know where his his best fit is. I I don't, you know, he's almost thirty years old. I, I don't like that you say he was nervous. Like he hasn't played in any games, or you know, I know. So it's, it's, so like I, I, so now you're gonna you're gonna put him in a game and one. And that is my assessment. I know. By the way, it may but not be is, true. Is he gonna be nervous in game one and game two because he's never experienced playoff games before, and Probably. there's gonna be a big ask from him? Maybe he just you know trying to impress the new guys on the team and settle yeah. in one of those type of nervousness. Yeah. I, early for me. Yeah. No, let's see Let's see how he settles in the next two weeks. Maybe it's just a product of who, like, the Leafs have been playing on the back end or whatever in terms of this year and the guys have mixed in and out. And I thought he just looked like a capable NHL defenseman. Like you yeah. said, I thought he was trying to do way too much. Like, he looked really horned up to try to hit somebody or score a goal or make an impact and kind of prove himself to his new team, which is a completely natural thing. Like, it'd be hard to convince a guy to not do that in a hockey game with the first meaningful hockey game in maybe his life (laughs) and hockey in the NHL. So I think there's something there. Thought he looked a little bit smaller than I was expecting him to look. Uh, And then I watched Ekholm, and I was talking about Ekholm on the lease for two years, and he looks couple more points on the blue line. I think uh, I got to give a shout-out to Justin Hall. It's like... Justin pissed me off last night because, like, why haven't we seen? I had that other people edge? with that reaction. I, why? Yeah. Where have you been? If you can knock Connor McDavid on his ass, and then go run over y- Yamamoto, and there's oh, a third and then one stand too. Stand up! Everybody's like, uh, uh, Nugent Hopkins fed him his lunch. Are you kidding me? I, that, I don't care about that. The guy was there. Willing. He's engaged. He saw him coming. He was ready for him. Like, yeah. Give that guy the belt or the hat or something after the game. Yeah. He showed more cojones than, yeah. than anyone else in the lineup last night. Yeah, you know what? He it was almost smoked. 
Yamamoto. He did. That's the hardest hit on the Leafs this year by far. And maybe it was McLeod he drilled too uh, against the end wall. But, you know, the, my first thought was like, that's the most I've seen him play with a burr under his saddle ever. Like, and I've been watching because, him since the Marlies because days. Because there's eight or nine guys that uh, are in there in the lineup now and you're, you're, yeah. you're scared about losing your job. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So you were so comfortable before and now you're not. Maybe, that's what yeah. it took. I think so. Yeah. I, I agree. And yeah. And that would play into the years that he's been here is when he's played his best is when he's come back from being a healthy scratch or been kind of, you know, talked about in the media and that he hasn't been doing very well. Like, he seems to play off this kind of motivation well. And you're right. That was a awesome game physically for him. Now, I don't think he smokes weed or does edibles, but his demeanor is of someone who's just, he's just like a really chill bro. Yeah. He's really chill, yeah. you know? And so, I don't know, it doesn't it doesn't come easy for him, I think, to, to play like last night. I think that's a conscious, like... So you know for sure I'm not on anything then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Well, or you're on uppers, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out because we're going to take a break right now. Eric Francis, senior columnist, analyst with Sportsnet. He's going to join us after the break, and we're going to tee up the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames. What's going on there? Buyer sellers, is there still time to even decide? We'll ask Eric after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Breaking down everything in Leafsland better than anyone. Real Kipper and Bourne. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Toronto Maple Leafs getting ready 24 hours later to come back and redeem themselves off of a disappointing loss to the Edmonton Oilers, which means we're going back to the well in Calgary with Eric Francis, senior columnist, analyst with Sportsnet. Thanks for doing this, uh, Eric. Uh, How's everything in uh, Flameland? How's our buddy Daryl doing these days? Oh, he's always chipper. Not really. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, I know the sky fell in Toronto last night, and for 24 hours, everyone's doing navel gazing. But uh, I think you guys are going to be just fine. I'm not sure I could say the same thing about the Calgary Flames. It certainly uh, is an uphill climb for them to get back into this playoff, uh, into a playoff spot. They're they're losing ground almost nightly, and it's uh, it's pretty disheartening for this team when they outshoot everybody pretty much. They play two to one, uh, and and they they just can't get it done. Their best isn't good enough anymore, and it's all because their goaltenders are really struggling. So uh, I don't know. Did you catch that game the other night by chance? Uh, yes. They outshot Boston fifty-seven twenty, and and that was a case of hey, Lena Solmark, you know, demonstrating why he's clearly the Vesna Trophy winner this year, but. Uh, you know, that, that's been happening nightly to the Calgary Flames this year. Usually the other goalie is someone who you've never heard of, uh, and usually the chances aren't quite as good as the ones the Flames had, but they had over 90 shot attempts on goal. That's pretty unbelievable that you can't win a game like that. Well, and that's what I've been trying to make sense of with this Flames team. You watch them, they look pretty good. You look at their roster, it's pretty good. They, you know, and then they keep making you know a bunch of no, no-name goaltenders look like Hall of Famers 
why can't they finish, Eric? Is it, you know, that's not a coaching thing, really? Is it just, uh, here's my theory. They don't pass the puck a ton. It's a lot of straight-on shots. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, God, in terms of breaking down, you know, I, I would just, big picture, I'd say that the, the, too many of their shots are periphery shots. You know, yeah. Jay Woodcroft, when he, the, the last time the Oilers played the Flames was January or December 27th, which is criminal. They, they should be playing at least one game down the stretch here. But either way, Woodcroft gave kind of a parting shot at the end of the last game. They beat Flames and, you know, Flames outshot him again, like 50 to 25, as they pretty much do with everybody. And Woodcroft said, yeah, they'll, they'll take a shot from uh, their own end to try and pad their stats. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit of a shot. It was a bit of a shot at, uh, at at the coach, but he quickly moved on. He didn't want to make a big deal of it. But I certainly noticed uh, what he was saying there, and I don't disagree. You know, this coach emphasizes uh, shot volume more than more than almost anything. And, uh, you know, at what cost? You know, how many times do you give up, uh, you know, a really good, uh, an obvious pass and you shoot instead? I don't know. I can't break it down on a nightly basis. All I can say is at the end of the day, they do have like the, the worst shooting percentage in the league or the second worst. And, uh, and that's probably because they're shooting from too far out. Did out playing the Boston Bruins Tuesday night, uh, leave some hope for, for fl- flame fans that they can still make this work, uh, in terms of making the playoffs because, you know, you, you still look at, uh, a situation where they had a lead late in the third and they give up the Zaka goal with about five minutes to go. Uh, to me, it's more of a, a point lost than, than one gain. So coming out of that game, facing the Leafs tonight is the glass half full or half empty. You know, it, it's half empty. Like it, it's such a good question. we asked everybody in the room afterwards, you know, is this something that, you know, is this demoralizing or is this somehow encouraging? I mean, you got a point off the best team in the league and yet badly outplayed them. Yeah, they played the night before, but still, uh, you know, how do you look at it? And, you know, players are going to say whatever they're going to say. At this time of year, it's all pretty much robotic. But, uh, you know, I, I think the talking point in Calgary is certainly one of glass half empty because at the end of the day, yeah, everyone's talking about how they outplayed the Bruins. Everyone's talking about the shot volume. But the number one thing everyone's talking about in this city is the fact that the first shot on goal went in. That's the eighth time this season that the first shot on goal has gone in. And it all speaks to the biggest talking point this entire season. And the whole reason why the Flames are where they are is because their goaltending has been horrific. I mean, they, they had the second-best goalie in the league last year, and he's just struggled this year. And, I, you know, he'll, he'll regain his form uh, I don't think it'll be this year, but he'll regain his form. His career's not over, but it is confounding how he could go from number two in the in the world to, I don't know, he's probably ranked number 50 or 60 in the NHL right now. So we joked about uh, Daryl Sutter off the top, but, like, he is a polarizing guy. This isn't doesn't seem like a case <laughs> of him, like, wearing out his welcome type of thing with the players. Is there is there anything to that? Like, where you mentioning the team's playing well. It's just not going in. They're not getting saves. Yeah, I... I I don't buy the theory because I think it's an easy one to say, oh, they've stopped playing for Sutter and everyone knows he's got a short shelf yeah. life like Tortorella and like all these kind of guys, Keenan. I'm not buying that. The team is playing really, really well. The only reason they are where they are is because of goaltending. Like I said, I mean, they have the second fewest shots against in the National Hockey League this year. That's got to count for something. They have the second most shots for. Those are strange stats for me to trot out, but I saw a graphic the other day. Uh, there's like seven teams in the in the since the uh, since expansion 
where that they finished top two in goals for and goal or shots for and shots against. And like four of them won the Stanley cup, two of them are finalists and one won the Stanley cup the next year. Like that's a metric that is, should be a, a recipe for success. But in terms of the coach, um, have the boys turned them out? I don't think they have. Do they hate him? Absolutely. They hate Daryl Sutter for sure. I can tell you that the room is not, he's not popular, but Scotty Bowman wasn't popular. Right. And you, you know, Kipper, you played for guys over the years that guys might've hated, but at the end of the day, oh, we loved Keenan. I, <laughs> we all loved Mike Keenan. <laughs> And, and, and Keenan's a great example. I mean, he got you, he helped you get a ring. And, and you talk to guys around Calgary or, sorry, guys from L.A. who want a ring, they'll tell you, I couldn't stand the guy, but he got me a ring. Um, you know, is it all worth it if the guy gets you a ring? I don't know. That's a, that's a good debate for you to have on another day, Kipper. But uh, I know people here, they're not expecting a ring anytime soon. And in the meantime, they've got to endure a guy who's uh, – Really not fun to play with. We're talking to Eric Francis, senior columnist with Sportsnet.ca and uh, also a Calgary Flame broadcaster. Uh, so in saying that, Eric, we know that for all intent and purposes, there's job security for Daryl Sutter, but tree living, Brad tree living, not so much with, uh, it's been well documented going into his last year of his contract does anybody believe for one second this guy's going to sell with, without a year <laughs> extension anywhere to be seen right now? Like you mean sell at the trade deadline? Yes, yeah, sell at the trade deadline. Well, they don't have anybody to sell. That's the problem. Uh, you know, the only guys with expiring contracts, you know, the obvious ones, if you suddenly become a seller, you know, you start looking, okay, who's, who's contract expiring? Who can be a rental somewhere? Uh, I think the only four guys on the team uh, – our three of them are fourth liners and the other one is a seventh or eighth defenseman. So like there's no assets here to sell off as a seller. You'd have to try and go out and make a, a pure hockey trade. Uh, if you want to try to affect some significant change at this, this deadline. We, so we have seen a few hockey trades already right now. Yeah, for sure. And, and Brad Trilling, as we know, is, is no, uh, no stranger to rolling the dice and making the big move. Uh, I just think that he's been trying to watch closely to see if the team's worthy of spending any uh, future assets on. And I think the answer is pretty obvious that it's not, it's not, it's not worthy of getting any sort of bump. And plus also I'll say guys like their top nine forwards. Just, I don't really know who you'd move out. Like they're again, I'm telling you these metrics, you know, with all the shots and I know they're not getting the results. They, they've got a pretty good top nine and they've got a pretty good top five on the blue line. There isn't a massive hole on this team is what I'm saying. They they were they did want early in the year to grab a top nine forward, but Jacob Pelche stepped in and been really really good and is probably the most exciting thing to happen to the team all season long. So you're not moving him out. So it, uh, you're not going to hear from me on trade deadline day coverage tomorrow on Sportsnet at all because nothing's going to be happening in Calgary. Well, that's so funny to me. You say that just because the the conversation we're having, you know, this is these are fixable things that can pivot. You know, just getting some shooting luck or getting the goaltender going. I know Dan Vladar has had some runs of decent play over his career. Um, you know, it feels like the Flames are in a tough pack of their schedule too. I mean, what is it? Avalanche, Bruins, Leafs, Wild, Stars, yeah. Wild. Like it's a tough yeah. spot for them. Um, mm-hmm. But does it not feel like because the West is as soft as it is that an addition might be enough to get them in the playoffs, get some playoff games, and then kind of cross your fingers and hope you get some bounces? Well, it's, it's certainly it's got to. It, that's the whole debate that Brad Living's having. You yeah. know, one night he watches his team, 
you know, outplay the Boston Bruins, and you're probably thinking, yeah, we should do that. However, that exact same night, because they only got one point, they lost ground on three different teams in the race. And now right. they're like, you know, I think they're five points. I did check after last night, but, you know, after that last game, uh, they look up in the standings, and I know I think there's only 21 games left for the Flames or something like that, and they're five points out. Now, I, I saw a lot of people go, well, that's not a big deal. Well, it equates to them having to play over 750 hockey from now to the end of the season. You can't play 750 hockey if you don't have a goaltender. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and that's the thing, you know, if people say, well, what's wrong with the Flames right now? You know, how can they fix that at the trade deadline? Well, they need a goalie. Well, they're not going to trade for a goalie because Markstrom, we all know, is a world-class goaltender, and eventually he'll get back on pace. And, and Dan Bodar has proven to be one of the better backups in the league up until like the last couple of weeks. So it's got to come from within. They've got the answer in that dressing room. They've just got to make it happen on the ice. So what you're saying is it's all Markstrom's fault because it's all your there's, fault. There's, there's nothing else. If, if you could talk about one thing outside of goaltending, I mean, has Kadri uh, given enough offense, uh, where would you look other than the goaltending for Calgary if if I asked you to grab your magnifying glass? You know, obviously, Jonathan Huberto has been a massive disappointment. He's on pace right now to have the third largest point drop in NHL history uh, hmm. from one year to the next. I mean, that is not, not a company. That's not a company you want to be part of. Um, it obviously hasn't worked out for him yet here in Calgary. But, hey, he's got eight years to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> and then Kadri, Kadri's been good. Uh, has been great. He's been good. Uh, he's been as advertised, which is the best way that Brad Living puts it, and I agree with that, um, you know, as a secondary center. And then I would say that the answer, though, it's easy to point to Huberdeau as the number one reason because if these guys got five or ten more goals, uh, they've lost 13 games in overtime, guys. Like, you get just that one, you know, goal here or there from a Huberdeau or he sets one up, and suddenly this team is right in the thick of things. And then, But I would say defending. You know, going into this season, the, the bit, there was a lot of talk around here, probably only around here, that this might be one of the better defensive core, uh, groups in the league, their top six defensemen. Uh, well, they lost Oliver Shillington for the whole season pretty much here, and uh, and no no sign of him coming anytime soon. And and the, the whole group has just not been good. Mackenzie Weger hasn't been as good as advertised. The, you know, it's easy to blame the goalie, but as you guys know, it's often because there are too many good chances being given up by the blue liners, so... It's yeah. a, it's a collective thing. Every, you know, Markstrom at the end of the year, at the end of the year, and Huberto will take the fall for the most part. Uh, I don't know if Treeling will take the fall. Um, that'll be a very interesting development. Uh, but you know, as a group, this team just found ways to lose games that that they had no business losing. Having a having a baby, man. It uh, <laughs> it's messing up his sleep. I think that's what's going on with the goaltender there. Um, Last one for me, just with the Uyghur thing you mentioned, he hasn't been as good. There had been sort of a passing rumor that they could move his deal before the no trade kicked in. They would never do something that out there, would they? I guess anything's possible. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't think this is a general manager who is going to try and make a move tomorrow just to make a move. Right. Um, and I think taking one of your core three or four defensemen, uh, your number, you know, whatever he is, three or four, um, even though he hasn't had the season I think they were hoping, I don't think that's going to be you know netting you anything that will help you move forward. They, this this is a GM who covets centers and defensemen above all else. And uh, I, I don't see him just peddling out a, a, you know, a defenseman, a core defenseman, uh, who you've got locked up for a lot of years uh, at the deadline. I, I'd be very surprised at that. 
Last one for me, Eric, and that just uh, want to touch base on what you just said moments ago, and that's Brad Tree Living's situation. Now, it's been well documented here in Toronto that Kyle Dubas is playing uh, the last year of his deal, and most, well, me anyways, thinks that the consequences for, say, not getting out of the first round would be uh, no extension. Where are you or the Calgary Flame fans if, in fact, Calgary misses the playoffs? Could you see a scenario of... Uh, Calgary missing the playoffs and and Brad Tree Living signs an extension as a general manager of the Calgary Flames. Yeah, I could, I could, but I could just as easily see a scenario where Brad Tree Living says, "You know what? Thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to move on and do something else." I uh, I think that the ball is 100% in Brad Tree Living's court. I don't think he'll be fired, and I don't think that uh, you know. I think it'll if he does not come back, it's not because he's not wanted here. I think it'd be because he decides that um, uh, the situation here is not something that he wants to continue on with. And, uh, and that, you know, don't forget, I mean, he's, you know, he's got other business interests outside of this, right. His father, you know, has an empire with Boston pizza. And, and I, I, I personally, I wonder if there's ever a day when he wants to go and kind of take on that. I can't see Uh, him delivering pizzas. No, that's a good point. You know what? He's not a great driver either. So I don't think that that would be a good thing for him. <laughs> but I, I think Brad Trilliving, you know, he's. I think he's holding the cards, which sounds crazy. I'm not saying he could write his own ticket and they're going to pay him over the top to stay here. I just think uh, that'll be the most fascinating thing about the offseason here for sure, his future. Okay, I got to follow this up because would would uh, would the feel be that maybe there's just a – a different philosophy between Brad and maybe uh, his head coach. You, you know, Kipper, you've come such a long way from just being a player who turned into a, a broadcaster. <laughs> a journalist. Honest to God, that's a great question. Like you picked up on what I'm saying about the situation here. You know, it, that, yeah, there's friction. There's it, in my mind, there's there's no doubt that this is not an ideal situation for this general manager, and maybe even for the coach. Um, so, you know, the, the way they've handled some of their youngsters when, when they're called up, the way uh, I think there's a different philosophy at play with the two men, and I'm not sure they can coexist moving forward. I don't, that's, you know, that, that remains to be seen. I really, I, uh, I, I think that's fair to say. See, that's why you're a regular on this show, because you just call it the way you see it. Yeah, I'm sure it'll get me in trouble, but that's okay. It usually does. It usually does, and that's okay. It's okay. We're we're used to it on this show. Hey, Eric, great stuff today, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Okay, boys. Always good to talk to you. Take care. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. Hey, listen, Daryl Sutter's strong, opinionated guy. <laughs> so you gave him a three-year contract after last year, and this is the first year of it, is my understanding? Uh, like off that. the top of my head, it sounds right. Yeah. Cause yeah, it feels like there is frustration with Sutter. He mentioned it doesn't feel like the players love him. It doesn't sound like the manager loves him, but it sounds like he's there. Well, if we can go back a few years, just Daryl showing up again. Right. Yeah. And it was many people thought that ship had sailed. Oh, yeah. That it was just over. <laughs> and he comes in early, has great success, and he becomes a, quote, machine, and we love him, and, uh, you know, barely make out what he's saying, and it was all 
cute and fun and straight great. out the Dutton Ranch with this shotgun. <laughs> Hit the like <laughs> button on your uh, phone, and it's okay when you're winning. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And that sounds like did Brad drama. hire him back, or was that somebody upstairs? I uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. It is. Uh, it's interesting because they are simultaneously the least interesting team in the league. They're like, yeah, we're not great. We're not bad. We're just going to go forward and do nothing. But they're also very interesting because, you know, this stuff. Why are they the way that they are? Um, can I read? Are, are we going to move on from the Flames? Uh, we are. We are. Uh, wanted to just ask you, but I can do it uh, no, no. after. Uh, I'll just do a quick thing. Yeah, uh, Frank oh. Cervelli tweeted earlier that, uh, you know, the Yotes adding uh, the Next. Voracek contract allows them to move. They, they move Bustad to the yes. Oilers, but allows them to move Schmaltz or Kraus or whatever because they don't have to worry about the salary floor anymore. So they can trade whoever and still be above the floor. So because... Gary's memo only applies to the teams that he doesn't love. And, you know, the Coyotes are embarrassing the league. But didn't he just send how out a memo saying you can't dead, do this? Uh, how many Not dead this contracts? Exactly. How many dead contracts do they have? Let me look it up. 40 to 50% of their salary cap hit is dead. Dead money, not real money. Oh, come on. And they're just above the floor by a few million. I think they, they're in LTIR like 33 million or something. And they're paying players 43 million. So they they got, the, sa- they, they, they got the same I payroll thought, to say. I thought you were going um, something else there. An, <laughs> they got the same payroll to say an indoor lacrosse team. <laughs> yeah, they're going to go up against the, the Rock this weekend. So they have... At $28 million on injured reserve, Voracek, Weber, Andrew Ladd, Brian Little, Josh Brown. And they have retained a bit of salary. Kane and yeah, they Oliver got Kane, OEL. Yeah. Somebody put out a, uh, a picture of all their their best dead cap uh, players yeah. in oh, Arizona. Datsuk, Hosa, Pronger, <laughs> Kane, Nate, Weber. a Hall of Fame team wow. of players who never wore the jersey. Because they've they, been manipulating they, they the salary the cap for so long. The dead cap Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> way to go playing in the Sun Devils rink. Hey. Trading away anyone who's any good at hockey. Hey, that could be all yours, Connor Bedard. Uh, oh, if you're Connor all Bedard watching yours. this, be like. You could just envision 30, 40 years from now, you see your, your dead cap money on, on Arizona. What a thrill. I know. I'm looking at the league standings. How far are they from the bottom? Okay. Unfortunately for them, they're 28th of 32 teams. They need to lose a bit more down the stretch, and I think they know that. So they're they're really pulling the plug on things here. So I got uh, a, a source that tells me, JB, you're right on the money on Daryl Sutter's contract, three years, $4 million bucks a year. So they just wouldn't want to eat that and hire someone else because it's clear he's an issue. Yeah. For the group. And by that, I mean the players and the GM. <laughs> but everybody else likes him. Yeah, oh, the media? But, but no, the media, no, no, the media no. doesn't like him either. Uh, the fans like him? I, you know, I think in a way, yeah, they're like amused by him for sure. Nah. They'd rather win than be amused by the coach, though, is my guess. I, I would imagine so. <laughs> That's very So, uh, you see any lineup changes tonight for Toronto? We talked about that fourth line or that third line with O'Reilly, Lafferty, and Kerfoot. Yeah. Did a little something for me. Yeah. No, I'm just talking about maybe bodies in, bodies out because they've got extra D now. What's Shen's deal? I would put Luke Shen in tonight. See, if he's available, I know they they were supposed to have a baby 
today on, or tomorrow. They're on the ice. Gustafson and Luke Shen both on the ice today for the Leafs. Okay. They're on the ice. They were there. Yeah. I see. For me. Both are coming in. What I watched last night, I would guess that they would take Lilligren out tonight and put Luke Shen in. Lilligren was no good. He was no good, and he banged got hit, up. too. Or got banged he, up. He had a weird fall. He before. had a weird yeah. fall. I think if he's not feeling You're great. Right. It's an easy pull. He's not in tonight. It's an easy pull. Um, you'd love to get them both in, wouldn't you? Get them, get them started somehow. Three right-handed shots in, yeah. in, in the lineup for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, sure. Throw them in. Um, and then who would you pull out? I don't know. You can't pull Hall after his best game of the year. Can't no. be Brody. Can't be Riley. What are, we down, what are we down to? Geo? Give Geo a night off in Calgary? No chance. Oh, yeah. Calgary. Can't. So, yeah. Gustafson won't get in. I think... Here's a, I think they're going to play Luke Shen with Morgan Riley. Like, in playoffs. Like, I think that's his partner. Boy. I, okay, so that means he's going to play 20 minutes returned. a night. No, Labushkin only played 14 minutes a, a night with Riley? with Riley last year. I think Riley was on power play. Labushkin didn't get... You know, when the game mattered, they said, oh, Bush, you sit down, we're going to roll muzzle. muzz here. any concern... Against Tampa Bay. Yep, lots. Foot speed <laughs> of Luke Shen. Yeah, lots, lots, lots. Yeah, yeah, tons. No, no, no concern. <laughs> I don't care. I don't worry about anything. Do you know when 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 you when, stopped? I just yeah. When you're Luke exhausted. Shen you're won the Stanley Cup with Tampa Bay, he alternated between playing with Victor Hedman and Mikhail Sergachev and being a healthy scratch. I just both stuck up my middle finger to the camera. Um, it was so. My point is, he played 11 minutes in 11 games playing with Hedman. So he's either in the uh, in the stands or on the top pair. Or he was in the stands or with Sergachev. Yeah. And then the other cup, he played nine minutes a game, and I think in nine games. So he's he, – look at him with Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes is a yeah. better player with him. They liked him. He has experience with these kind of players. And he has experience – oh, oh, oh <laughs> voice crack here. And he has experience going in and out of the lineup, which Keith talked about yesterday too, which is huge and which Sandine would not want him to do. Correct. Okay, let's take a break here. Steve Valaket's going to join us, analyst for the New York Rangers on MSG. Pat Kane makes his debut. We've barely talked, barely talked about that. Jacob Chikrin makes his debut. Ooh. Oh, the Bruins, too, we haven't mentioned. Oh, we yeah, they did Bruins some things. talk Bertuzzi. still with Bertuzzi. Pasta. Hall, Injuries. Taylor Hall out. Nick Foligno out. What, what a does show that mean ahead. to the Boston Ooh. Bruins? Plenty of meat still on the bone on the Real Kipper and Born Show. We are back after these words. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. We got Steve Valaket joining us soon. Analyst for the New York Rangers, MSG. They're getting ready for Patrick Kane. Barely even talked about that. Just Hall of Famer, trades wow. teams, go to the the Garden. We we barely knew. We, we it was flip a coin time. I I'm not even sure he knew. Yeah, that it was actually going to go down. Well, really came down to one team this this thing we said it all along that uh between Jonathan Taves prior to him announcing that he's shutting it down 
this thing was going to play out exactly like Claude Giroux did last season when he left Philadelphia and went to Florida. All right. There are peaks and then there are valleys. And we like this valley the best. <laughs> we like to be of which side of that exactly, Kipper? Valleys are good, I think. Yes. <laughs> Steve Aliquette, analyst for the New York Rangers, MSG. We are just talking about uh, trade deadline valley. And uh, I can't recall one being as much fun as this one for me for a long time. And I was in early on those uh, TSN versus Sportsnet battles. Uh, but <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. And I'm sure uh, for you and, and maybe the Rangers anticipating Pat Kane, maybe some fun as well. Hey, buddy, seriously, um, how pumped is Sammy right now? Like, how, how is Sammy's blood pressure? Last night hurt, Mally. You guys know I listen. You know, I, I can see it right now. Kipper and Bourne float rolling into Nathan Phillips Square. Sammy's sitting in a hot tub filled with little Buddha. There, I love it. Perfect. <laughs> I, uh, you know what, boys? We're we're almost there too. Um, we're ready to play on the Stanley Cup parade here in New York. We're really excited. Uh, everybody around the building, MSG Networks, it's electric. Um, I can barely cross the street without getting recognized. The team is it's just on fire right now. It's like the city is uh, wrapped its arms around the New York Rangers. And you know, it's funny. You look at what's been going on around the league and. It's it's a league that we don't recognize, right, Kipper? That this is not the way it's supposed to go down. We're all supposed to wait until midnight and then make our moves. And now everybody's in 20 games before the deadline and, and or the end of the season. And I feel like uh, we just got to be prepared right now for anything. And you know, as you guys know, I listen to your podcast and I think you're doing terrific. And I was listening to the one with Ken Hitchcock and the part where he said the top two lines saw off. That one really hit me because I thought it was the part that the Rangers struggled with with Tampa Bay last year in the Eastern Conference Final. Mm. And that's why you have to add Kane. Uh, they just didn't get inside. And if you go back, fellas, to games four, five, and six against Tampa for the Rangers last year, they lost 4-1, 3-1, and 2-1. But they were leading in that series two games to nothing, and they were leading 2-1 to one going into the third period of game three. Like, they had it. And then Tampa locked them down. And they only had two high-danger chances in game six. They only had three in game five, and they only had four in game four. Wow. So, and it's interesting, too. Like, both teams scored 14 goals in the series. Take away the empty nets, but both teams scored 14 goals in the series. So, you're right there. And what happened in that series, guys, was that Panarin was not able to get inside. And he's the second-highest-paid player in the league, but he didn't have the horses with him to get inside. He had two shots himself from inside the slot, and he was only able to pass the puck to one of his teammates to get them inside the slot in the last three games. So why do you bring Kane? It's almost like that was the Rangers' need to allow Borny for that saw off that Ken Hitchcock's talking about. You know, like that's just what this team needed because they've already slotted well on the third line with the kid line, and they are playing terrific. They're playing well defensively. They put a lot of pressure on you. And now you've got VZ coming from the top line, down to play with Goudreau and Mott. So you've got energy. And I've got to say, boys, I was, I got traded here in 03. And I was here, Kipper, right at the dump when uh, Leachy and everybody got traded. And I was traded for Peter Nedved. You know, figure that out. For that, that's a one-for-one. One. <laughs> but, like, that's, that's what happened here. And right now I've seen 
really the best lineup since before that team was broken up is right now. This is an amazing forward group of four. It is. It's it's an amazing forward group of four, and you got you know Fox and Truba and you know Schneider and Miller, and you know it's an unbelievable decor and a great goaltender. I, I can understand why everyone is so excited. I I'm asking this honestly, not because explain to me what's happening with the amount of people they play. Like uh, they're eleven and five, eleven and six, eleven and five. Like they're that jammed against the cap. Is it going to be that way for the rest of the year? Yeah, it's going to be dicey. Um, I think that Drury was definitely comfortable doing it because they are in such a comfortable spot in the playoffs right now, and it's just the way it's going to be. I think it's going to be – it might be like this for – yeah, it'll be like this until after the deadline. So it's just going to be a little bit here. And uh, you know what? The cap gymnastics, like, out of my scope. You know, I (laughs) I remember sitting down with – I remember sitting down with Lou Lamarillo once. This is a funny one. Like, six years ago, right? And I'm trying to sell him on the analytics and – I was talking to him about roster management and how he can look and use uh, our data. And he said to me, Stevie, stay in your lane. <laughs> so that's where I'm at with that one, too. Like, I, uh, I rely on my co-host, John you know, and I'm like, what's going on here? Why are we 11 and 5? And what's going on? And we've got guys on the bench and uh, not playing in the last game, two players. It's just been bizarre. Larry Brooks uh, tweeted earlier tonight the Rangers were deemed ineligible by league uh, for emergency recall, they are apparently going twelve and five tonight versus Ottawa in Kane's debut. Hey, Valley, can you um, maybe fill in a little bit of the blanks here in in this past week on like when did Pat Kane to the Rangers uh, go from being a a pipe dream to reality? They went Tarasenko first in a perfect world. If if they knew what they knew the last forty eight hours. Would it have been different? Would we have seen Kane here first before Tarasenko? I mean, it's, I don't know all of the minutiae, but I do know that Kane, you saw his comments as soon as Tarasenko and that deal went down to come here. Um, he was only going to come here, and because of the fact that he only wanted to come here, Chris had to make it work, and I'm sure that you know Drew has to go up to ownership and make sure everything's going to fit, and then he runs it through everybody, and I think it was in the works as soon as, I would say that Chicago identifies New York as the only spot for him, and that was it. I mean, this is the only place he was going to come. So, I mean, that's why you get a second and a fourth, right, Kipper? And the conditional second, I mean, it's kind of sad that, like, we've not sad, but we've just seen it change so much where the star players used to fetch, like, five first-rounders. Now a second and a fourth for Kane just doesn't even make sense. But at the same time, like, I don't even think seconds matter. Like, I'm done talking prospects and in, in drafts right now. Seriously. Like, I even went back for the Rangers. I don't know about the Leafs, but I went back until the uh, 04 05 lockout just to see how the Rangers had hit on their second rounders. They've only had three guys ever play for the Rangers that were drafted in the second round since 04 05. That's out of 21 second rounders. Okay? Like Anisimov, Dubinsky, and Derek Stepan. That's it. So wow. it's not like, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even think of second rounders as anything. It's, a lot of Americans use this parallel with me, and, and it's the NFL. You know, you can take a fifth rounder and he's going to be a big piece for you next year. It's just not the case with hockey. And um, I've been watching the draft picks roll in, guys, since 18 when the letter went out. And I'm actually done with it. I've seen a lot of whiffs. I've seen some guys hit. But, like, it's a crapshoot. And that's with having the first overall and the second overall pick. Yeah, it's really funny. You get into the analytics of it, like the value of picks. 
you know, the guys beyond kind of the second round or even in the second round, some cases, like a 2% chance of having someone who plays meaningful, you know, 200 plus games for you. It's, it is pretty rare. I'm with you that when you get the chance to get better, you should. And with that in mind, the likelihood in the first round for the Rangers is New Jersey or Carolina. How do you think, how do you like those two teams? Is there one the Rangers would prefer to play? Yeah, it's a really good question. Carolina, they defend the best, yeah. and New Jersey has a better offense. So you can pick which either one you want. If it's me, I'll go up against New Jersey and go our offense against your offense. Um, I'd rather do that than go against the defense of Carolina. The one analytic, Borny, that I lean on the most for playoff success is high danger chances against a five-on-five per 60. Mm-hmm. It's a mouthful, but... It's it's legit. Like the guys, or the teams rather, that are best at that in the regular season and over the last number of years, I think it's been six now. The top, the teams that win the Stanley Cup have been in the top five. And I listen. I as I said, listen to you guys all the time. It makes me sort of feel like you guys were pulling the strings at this trade deadline because everything you talked about basically happened, and a lot of which was uh, defending stuff, right? Like you're talking about getting a sixth, seventh, eighth B. And you're talking about uh, sandpaper, and you've got your core four guys that you're built around. Um, there's no question about it. When I look at the lineup for Toronto now, I mean, you guys are looking at a different team now, but certainly a team that's sitting comfortably at the table. Yeah, the uh, the Leafs had one high danger chance last night. Is that good, Valley, by your metrics? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what the hell happened last night. I was watching the uh, goals against for Samsonov this morning. I'm yeah. like, oh my goodness, he was Rusty swimming, Jack wasn't he? Gone. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't know what you guys are going to do that way. Um, you know, I, I ran a lot of numbers on Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper last year with his 902 in the playoffs, he also had six goals more than he should have allowed against expected, which ranked him last out of all goalies that played last year in the playoffs. So I would say, beyond a reasonable doubt, that Colorado had the worst goaltending and won a Stanley Cup. So, I mean, I'm also at odds with how important it is now. But they also had one of the best young defensemen in history in front of him. Yes. No, that's the thing, right? And they limited the high danger chances. That's what it is, Kipper. And it is. The yeah. one thing the Leafs don't have is they don't have a headman and they don't have that guy. They don't have him. So I, don't, I wonder if, uh, you know, it's not like you're going to find him a car or a headman over this trade deadline, but I, I guess that's the one piece you don't have. Just want to touch base on, uh, on Pat Kane's uh, debut tonight versus the Ottawa Senators and the power play Valley. I see Zabanajad, I see Kreider, I see Kane, I see Panarin, I see Tarasenko, I see Fox. <laughs> one of them's going to get in. <laughs> one of them's not going to be very happy. What if you go Panarin, Zabanajad, Kreider, Fox? So Trocek's out and Tarasenko's out. And you know what it's like to me? Honestly, when I look at this roster, I'm thinking about what it's like to play for Team Canada, Team U.S. You're going to the Olympics. How do you get a collection of all the top guys to care about the crest and not the name on the back and know your role and be happy in it for the greater good of the team? Um, Whatever team does that in this year's Cup, uh, in the Stanley Cup this year, playoffs, is going to win. Because every team's got egos. You guys know that. And there's subplots in every locker room. But if the team, the Rangers, Leafs, Boston, Carolina is getting deeper, I mean, 
look, everybody's going to have this. So whoever deals with it best and checks their ego is going to win because, look, like one more thing that I looked at the other day because we're talking about sawing off the uh, top lines that they cancel out. Um, it's, it's a goofy thing, but there's some relevance here. It's since 0405, all of the game-winning goal scorers to clinch cup. Listen to these names, seriously. Arturi Lekkinen, Ross Colton, Lars Zeller, Patrick Hornquist, Dave Boland, Maxim Talbot, Travis Moen, Dave, like, come on, Jeff Carter. Like, it's not stars. It's all those guys in D. So, you know, you, you, if everybody just plays their role, isn't that the most important thing? And, you know, that's, that's probably good, what it's going to come down to. Everyone's good. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I'm just looking at this Rangers roster as we're talking about it. How has the new addition of uh, Nico Mikola and uh, Tarasenko been? I know Tarasenko's a sexier name, but I'm actually curious about that D-man too. Yeah, no, he's been awesome. Uh, Gerard Lant loves him, and he's long, and he nails, and um, he'll hurt you. He'll block shots. I talked to the guys in St. Louis um, after the trade, and they loved him. Uh He's going to be a hole for them on their PK, so he can help you if uh, one of your top PKD is in the box. He's been really good. He's been the first, like, number six we've seen come through here in a long time that's been legit. Valley, talk to me about Kendra Miller, because I did have a chance to, to meet him when I was down there with the alumni. I can't think of a nicer guy, um, and I, I can't help but believe him when he says it was accidental. And I know people can have their opinions. That's mine. What do you think being suspended three games for, for that act will do to him moving forward? you think it rattles him? No, I, th- I think he'd dig in on this one because he's a little embarrassed by it, you know, and, and you guys know what it's like. We all have brain farts every once in a while, and I thought just by watching it over many times that his eye contact was not on Dowdy. He was more or less trying to spit into space, almost reactionary, uh, under the duress of a scrum. I mean, it was. it's not like taking your mouth guard out and celebrating for a goal, like that kind of uh, distraction, but just one that was just odd, different. I'd certainly say from being around, there's no chance that that was uh, purposeful and it was an accident, and I, I know he feels terrible about it. Uh, that's that's really all I have on that. I just yeah. I just don't see it because yeah. it's not something I see in hockey. We're not like that, like none of us, yeah. you know, and – and it and it's just I just thought it was just an accident. I thought it was a brain fart. He just really screwed up, and that was it. You know? Totally agree. Hey, pal, always great having you on the show. We always uh, appreciate the support you give the Real Kipper and Born Show, and uh, you're always welcome. Thanks, man. Hey, boys, keep it up, babe, and uh, keep having fun, and keep Sammy in check. He's getting too high again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Valley. Hopefully, hopefully, we're having daily visits with you during the conference final, man. That's the best case scenario for everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. See you, fellas. Take we'll care. stay in touch. See Enjoy you, Pat Kane's debut tonight. Steve Aliquet, analyst with the New York Rangers. What a what a roster they have. Well, you know, again, um, just to emphasize again, Rangers, Devils, Leafs, Tampa Bay. Someone's the Hurricanes get their, first in or second in the I league. I know, but so, somebody's getting their heart broken in the first round. Oh, and someone who went in hard. Uh, the Tanner Janot trade looks atrocious. First, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. You could have got Jacob Chikrin hey, twice. I'm not can, saying anything. Can I? I was stand. Can comment. I remind you that you said the exact same thing about Hagel? No, I didn't. Not me. Not me. You no? got the wrong guy. No, 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 no. You didn't think it was. I did. 
absolutely no. asinine that I did. a guy like Loved Hagel the contract made perfect sense to me from two, the start. Two first rounders? Okay. Made sense to Maybe me. it was Sammy then. Oh, I was crapping all over it. That is exactly why I will not crap all over this one. Yes. But this one doesn't come with the contract or, you know, he's not scoring 30. I don't, I, maybe, you know, maybe they know something I don't. But in the context yeah. of the rest of the trades that have happened at the deadline where Chikrin's a first and a second is, and Bertuzzi's a first and a fourth, Janot was not a first, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. Does Janot not have the ability to turn himself into uh, Tom Wilson? He better turn himself into two Tyler Bertuzzi's. Just for the price they paid. I'm not saying he's not a good player or that he yeah. can't be valuable. By the costs of the deadline, that is a wild outlier, isn't it? I, listen, Five picks? I, what's he have? Seven goals? Four. Ten go- four? Yeah. I, you hope to see the guy that played last year. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm saying he went more for more than Chikrin, for more than Eckholm, for more than everyone who's a big name at the deadline here. First, a second, third, and fourth. And a fifth. And a fifth. I don't care about the fourth or the fifth. They're not that valuable to me. First, second, and third. Yeah. Chick Chikrin's picks are better. There. Okay, but we're talking, we're debating. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I know we're splitting hairs right over now. Chikrin and Janot. I know we're splitting hairs. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, yes, they did overpay, in my opinion, as well. Yeah. And that's why Sammy's really hoping that Tampa's heart's broken after the first round. Yeah. He's I'm, just, he's going to be good for the, for there, the there's a chance area. yeah yeah he is gonna be good he's, he's gonna be good like i'm telling you right now that's why i will not be on record anywhere saying it's an overpay because would any amount have been an overpay like we're talking about in context of the store i can buy something nice at the store that cost me no, 10 f- times no, too much no further comments or questions at this time even if i like the object i paid too much no comment. anyway okay and we've been over you know we've given it to pierre dorian over the years no question uh calling for the playoffs last season didn't happen this year the narrative turned into meaningful games it's happening we look back now over the course of a less than a year and he's turned the brinket uh claude Giroux and chikrin mm-hmm. into ottawa senators and it hasn't cost him any young guys the deal they got on jacob chikrin was the value shop of all time. But Arizona turned down some deals based on not wanting to spend any money. Does that not seem like a problem, Bettman? So they But now took, they're trading for fake money. Now they're trading for fake money. So Arizona ends up getting whatever back. It's a great deal for for Ottawa. I'm pumped for them. I'm pumped for Sens fans. You want Ottawa to be good and Buffalo to be good for the Leafs' sake. Let's get some good games. Um but yeah, these are these are good games for them to steal. Great contract. As long as he stays healthy, you know he can play twenty minutes a night. Yeah, and that, that they'll get true value. He defends. He you know he gets points. He's, he's yeah. just he's a great player. Um, is uh, how about a top four of is, Sanderson, Shabbat, Zub, and him? Is this going to get them in the playoffs? Nah, they're just they're starting from a sizable disadvantage here they dug a pretty deep hole i would love for for them to get in it would be a lot of fun i'm I'm gonna say no that they don't get in but i like the idea that they're gonna be that they're going for it can i read a tweet from our boy the oak leafs who is very funny on twitter 
I hope Shen does something so stupid and egregiously violent in his first game back that it makes Peros charter a effing Concord flight to Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> you may notice a certain producer of this show comment below that saying that I've never agreed with something more. That's hilarious. That is a great tweet. He deserves a shine for that one. So uh, it'll be talk- interesting to see if Shen can work himself into just every day. Mm-hmm. Top six guy. Mm-hmm. And is there any wiggle room right now to still think that you could unload Justin Hall's $2 million and bring in something else? On D or yeah, forward? Right. I, know, I know a lot of people are clamoring for another a, what, scoring. A left winger? Yeah. A left winger? Another shoot at the net guy. Bertuzzi. Gone. Would you have liked to have seen? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that would have been money. That would have been perfect. For Would you have given up? What do the Leafs have next year? They've got their... Twenty twenty four first. still. They still have it. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have Boston's Would first. Would you have given that up? And Boston's first. Would you oh, have yeah. given that up? Oh, yeah, there you go. Take it. Let's go. Yeah. Bertuzzi's good. He I, creates a ton. He's, he's in a scoring rut this year, but he's he creates at a super high rate. And, listen, I am not saying that this is true or, you know, it's confirmed or anything, but someone said that Detroit wouldn't be up to doing... Brendan Shanahan, any favors? Is that so? Is him and Stevie Y got well, a little bit of? There might be a little bit of that competitive uh, spirit yeah. between them, ex uh, yeah. teammates, and uh, yeah, give it the chance to do the same deal. Big markets, and yeah, maybe there's a personal race to a original six Stanley Cup between them. Boston wow. Bruins, yeah. What do you think? You're not telling me what you know. You're telling me what you hear. <laughs> that's really, really, you know, possible. Hearing that, it makes, it makes sense. Oh, yeah. It makes a ton of sense. Oh, yeah, that's almost guaranteed. All, all these old players, Kipper, but all his friends, they're the most ego-driven, competitive, competitive. Oh, yeah. nuts. 100%. <laughs> oh, we're the losers. Your sorest losers you'll ever find. Leafs could use a little of that. They could. Yeah. They have it in yeah. the front office, apparently. Yeah. You have yet to see a temper tantrum out of me. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Well... <laughs> uh, but I'm evolving. <laughs> yeah, and then I take a couple of steps back, Derek. <laughs> yeah, bad days yes, I can uh, regress. So he, he didn't I like can when Sammy told regress. us not to talk about something the other day. Oh, God, that was so loud. Scary. I'm sorry, is Luke Shen here? <laughs> yeah. Some of that tonight. I, Do you think, think we Taylor have Hall's we, really hurt? We have to nail down oh. the Bruins here, boys. Oh. We haven't talked with the Bruins for the first 40 minutes okay. of the show. Or a two Your hour. first thoughts as a Super Leaf fan when you found out Bertuzzi's going to Boston. Crap. Mm. Crap, that sucks. Would have <laughs> liked that for Toronto. Yeah. This is my nightmare. I just, could they have gotten more annoying? Like, they get half the way. Brad, Brad Marchand and, him on, and Bertuzzi on the same team is an unbelievably frustrating team. Like, they are detestable. Boys, I, I don't want to say it. I'm just going to curse them, but they're perfect. Oh, they're I a love perfect that. team. If they don't win, it is the biggest choke job of all time. They love are the perfect. Yep. They have the best goal in the league. They have the best goal in the league who scored the other night, by the, the way. We barely mentioned league. that. They have, they're balanced on defense now. They have four tough lines. I know they lost Felino. Hall's out, but who cares? But like, whatever. Those guys are good players, but Hall's out. Felino's out. Yeah, and but we think outside, that. 
Yeah, this, but they just got Tyler Bertuzzi, who's probably well. They more got effect- him because those two guys are yeah. out, and they're both. He's probably more effective than both of those guys. But is the idea though that, like, if what if one of those guys comes back in three weeks? They they have a salary cap pickle here, do they not? No, no, no it's won't. over. They put those guys on long term. Right. They bring this is uh, Tampa Bay. I know, but I'm saying like, there's no chance that those guys are going to come back. They're just going to. Be hurt for 44 days until the the playoffs start? Oh, this could reek of Kucherov. Yeah. Yeah. This Wait, could didn't the league be, literally send a memo? No, this, they said this, no trading for it. Listen, you're right. They, they could come back. They could they could come back next week or they can come back in game one. Couldn't you? Wouldn't you Maybe sit some, down with Morgan m- Riley and be like, we're going to give you six weeks off. Not because you've done anything wrong. We just want to spend seven and a half million. Yeah, but that's illegal. Well, <laughs> so is being That's hurt. against the rules, <laughs> yeah. JB. Right. You have uh, to look hurt. Yeah. All right. Well, in warm-up, we're going to need you to step on a puck, take six weeks off. They're, no, the, they're perfect, boys. They're the perfect team. There's no flaw. Yeah. They, you, they are perfect. I just, love uh, that. They're, like, if that. they don't win the Stanley Cup, it's the biggest colossal <laughs> failure of all time. <laughs> Number one. Because they're going to have one of the all-time great records in the history of the league. Yeah, that, it would go down as oh, one, of, uh, one of the biggest major upsets for sure. This one would be even worse than Columbus's uh, knock on... Uh, on Tampa? On Tampa. Tampa had 126 points that year. Yes. It was substantial. This would be in that ballpark for sure. I above actually, that. This above team it. is better than that. Yeah, Tampa no, no, no. Team. Above it. This this one would well, be above that. Well, they're playoff year than that team. That team was first in scoring by a mile. Yeah, like what are they the Bruins? Scored. The Bruins uh, are unbelievable. I don't think they're first in scoring. They might be fourth or fifth. But they're, yeah, they are. They're unbelievable. Um, I do think that. They're almost plus 100. <laughs> How are they not first in scoring? They've got to be first in scoring. I think it's New Jersey or Edmonton. No, or no there's nobody teams. close. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah. Edmonton Oilers are first, 237, and they're second at 224. Sabres, 222. Sabres. Yeah. In terms of goals per game, they're third in the league. It's the goal differential oh my that's God, off their, the charts. Their goals against per game, they are miles ahead of the, miles. Of the next best team. Like I said, it's almost plus 100. Yeah. The Carolina Hurricanes are the second best defensive team in the NHL, and if they gave up, you know, Boston would have to give up 30 goals tonight. Um, the to fall into second. They, Bruins have given up 126 goals this season. Listen, the Anaheim Ducks have given up 252. I, I can't <laughs> oh recall. I can't recall wow. watching two guys in net, and we just we just watched the Bruins go through Alberta, and. Swayman was really good in Edmonton. And then Allmark was lights out in Calgary yeah. on a back-to-back when you're totally getting outplayed. And those two guys find a way to get you four points on that. I love this pressure for them. Uh, you know, a couple of injured guys in Hall and Felino. You're really hanging your hat on. Uh, it's, a, it's, a thing. on it's too good and it's yeah. too right yes. and not enough adversity. No, 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 it, no. It's it not will that. Come back and bite you. I'll, I'll go ahead and take my shots at the say at the Bruins. I understand that they're built really well. It's an exceptional team. They're perfect. perfectly built. Perfect team. If we're allowed to say some other things than yes. that, no. Patrice Bergeron's statistics have fallen off pretty significantly. So have David Krejci's, so have Brad Marchand's. They're not the guys they were during their heyday. They are much better built now as a team than being reliant on yeah. those guys around them. 
I tend to think it's the elite guys who pull you through in the big moments, and those guys are not as they were. I don't know if they have a guy in the top, you know, outside of Pat. Pasternak's their guy. It's their D that's really good. And that's the one place where I don't see any real holes. Is God, I, Perfect. I think it was in Calgary. I'm watching the Flames go down on a two-on-one, and Lindholm just, like, steps right up and picks the puck right out of the middle. and yeah. They also give up 50 shots in that game. Goes the so. other way. Like Lindholm, McAvoy, Orlov, Carlo is the top four. Is and how about that? Unbelievable. How about that debut for Orlov? How about like just coming in and and having such a presence? Yeah, two and one. And maybe you know just to come full circle on the beginning of our show, maybe that's where maybe a guy like McCabe feels like, oh boy, they you know I'm supposed to be yeah. Muzzin's replacement, and I'm supposed to be this big physical guy, and you know maybe it just got a little bit. Wrapped around him. I was actually thinking, like, when he walks into the dressing room, you're the coach, you're the GM, whatever role you would prefer to have. You know, how do you tell him, or maybe you don't, your expectations for him, what you want to see from him? I was thinking, do you, you know, do you just let him be the guy he is, or do you set some? No, you don't set any parameters off You don't say what we want from you is? Uh, Yeah, maybe in a real loose way. It's just, hey, we know your game. Go out there and just yeah. have some fun. It's going to be a great ride here. You're going to be a big part of it. And you just kind of let it evolve. Yeah. To have gone in there right before he stepped on the ice for his first game and start filling him between the ears with, you know, thoughts or parameters or systems and, well, and all of that. Well, he did mention that after the game it's, that it's very different. It's very different. He and said, it's going to take yeah. time for him. Yeah. He said that the Leafs have much more defensively responsible forwards yeah. than they're used to playing with, which... Uh, then they're supposed to be more active down the walls in the ozone because they trust that they have coverage behind them. Yeah, and so I think there's a bit of a, you know, you got to yeah. figure it out. Like I usually don't go here, but now I'm going. Like he'll be caught in the middle here. I think Leafs fans need to give him a sec. Like let him yeah. get acclimated before you go. He can't yeah. play. And you know he had a, he had the yips a little bit off of a face off where he coughed it up. I yeah. think the middle of the slot in the slot and and, and then he made a kick save in a beauty on a good that, shot yeah. block. And, and that stuff will get cleaned up yeah. as he gets his comfort zone. Yep. We got perfect uh, Bruins. No flaws. The pressure on them is great. Colossal, colossal <laughs> failure if they don't win the cup. This is the hardest attempt at a reverse jinx I've ever seen. No. So, no, reverse jinx. I would never yeah. reverse jinx anyone. Yeah, Bertuzzi is just a really effective guy. He'll play with Coyle and Frederick, and you know, looks like out of the gates. Maybe the you guys should, like the Pasternak contract? The Leafs should trade for Tom Wilson to respond. Well, question is, do, do the Leafs like it? Because Nylander is up for uh, renegotiation in July, and let's face it, that's all the Leaf fans care about is what does this mean to resign Michael Nylander? Willie Nylander. or Willie? Yeah. Sorry. You know, Michael Dad. Willie, Willie's what percentage of Pasternak as a player? 80%? 75? 80? 80, Playoff know. success? 20? <laughs> All 15? Right. 50, what's 15% of uh, 11.25? <laughs> Pay him that. Yeah, you know, Willie makes 6.9, blah, blah, blah. I had him at 10, 10, 10, 5. Willie? Yeah. Yeah, I'd on like a new deal. I like that 10 number a lot more than the 10, 5. And getting out of hand for me at that point for Willie. By the way, how strong was he last night? You and I were talking about him oh against Eckholm. Just 
Big Echo boy. Came, not that he was good last night. No, but Willie, Echo but. came bearing down on him. He was coming around the net, and I was like, oh, boy, get your head up, and he just bounced off of him. Echo went down to a knee. I was like, oh, my God, Willie. I actually think if there was a stat that, like, times a jersey touched the ice, Willie might be, I don't think he's ever been on the ice. Like, he doesn't, he's got great edges, doesn't fall down much. Doesn't go into it. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> we don't the other thing, too, is, you know, let's just assume Kyle's doing the negotiations this summer. How hard is he going to press Willie? Will he press Willie as hard as the Boston Bruins press Pasternak to remain a Bruin, take probably 800000 less than the, the twelve you could have gotten on the open market, mm-hmm. convince him that you want to be a Toronto Maple Leaf the rest of your career, here's eight years, you're a guy... It wasn't an easy negotiation, like, with Pasternak. They had to really work him over Yeah, about being a Bruin and taking a little less. Yeah. This was a little less. Yeah, oh, for sure. Than, than what if the market would have bared 11, for him. 5 to 12, I wouldn't have been in here saying, Puh! you know, I'd say, yeah, that's about right. So, yeah. And it is less than um, Panarin, right? He's not the highest paid winger. Less than Panarin. You know, which is... 11, 6, I think. He had an easy case to make that he's Panarin plus. Without a doubt. Easy case. So it's a nice contract. It's also not cheap, cheap, cheap. You know, but it's... Will, will Willie... I mean, the Bruins... Leave a little less to, to remain a Toronto Maple Leaf? I don't know. What, one of the big conversations, the hockey dressing room was going, was like, ah, the Bruins always... <clears throat> oh, my God. I'm losing, getting choked up talking with the Bruins. But all their guys take less. Oh, they take less. Now it's two guys in a row that haven't taken less. Yeah. McAvoy's paid appropriately, nine and a half. That was the going rate at the time, and this is not a discount. Well, that's a lot no, of those. No, it's a discount. No, it's not. It's, a it's, dis- a, it's eleven and a half million dollars per year. Was a discount. This is a discount. This is not a discount. Come on. JB just said he's no. got every every no. facet of an I, argument to pass Panarin, and the cap is going up. Disagree. Sammy, I disagree. It's a, it's a discount. Dis- I disagree. I disagree. It's eleven and a half million dollars. It's a lot, Stop but it's less than no. what Rogers pays you. Wow, to I mean, this. that's a different conversation. Um, but no, like you know. Anyways, oh the Bruin Lord. Oh, he takes eleven and a half million dollars. What a hero! This guy. The perfect Bruins get their guys to take less. Oh yeah, he took less. The, he took ninety million dollars. Was nine all day long. Give me yeah. a break. And Stevie Eiserman came uh, pulled. The Steven Stamkos playbook on Larkin, and it worked beautifully. And yeah. I don't blame Larkin for signing. No, you're I, at home. Either guy. Come on, you're either not guy. going anywhere. Boston's you, a great organization. Where, where are you going? You're going to Anaheim for an extra half a well, million that's it. dollars. Go play for Columbus. Who would do that? Who would be a superstar and choose Columbus? You know what a discount is? Tage Thompson. That's a discount. But see, all of this is retro, retroactive discounts. Guys, sign a contract. They're Patrice worth Bergeron, they play and a million and a half is a discount. It's not a discount for a 30-goal score. No, it's not. Okay, a don't use Tage Thompson as an example. Tage Thompson signed as a 30-goal score. No one knew he was going to turn into 50. Yeah, still fire agent. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and, and Mario, uh, you know, Tage Lemieux. Two things, uh, if Tyler Bertuzzi ever becomes relevant to the Toronto Maple Leafs being on the Bruins, isn't that a great thing? Wouldn't you love for that to be a problem? Because that means they've won a round. 
Like, I've heard people be like, oh, no, the Bruins got Bertuzzi. I'm like, the best case scenario is that that's a problem. So Yeah, that's a great problem to deal with. <laughs> yeah, deal with that. You know, cross that bridge and you come to it. See, there you guys go again, lowering the bar. The oh, bar is you guys will be, oh, the perfect, They can roll over the bar. You'll, you'll it's be, on the ground. You'll be so happy with a second-round uh, Boston sweep. No, I wouldn't be. Come that's on a, that's, that's pretty low. If they, Five? If, Kipper. Okay, now we're talking. <laughs> One extra game. I would be ecstatic that they beat the, the Bolts and then just as pissed off as I would be if they got swept by the Bruins. There would be no difference to me. Really? That's See, wild. there's no difference. Well, good. You're, They've unsta- just loaded, you're unstable. They just loaded up. Oilers got Bustad. Anyone care? No. Okay. Wow. He's going to take a discount. He's going to take a big discount. <laughs> I don't think it's a like bad the move. the hero Pasternak did. <laughs> what do you say? Ah, he's still all over you. The hero from the hills comes down and takes nothing. You might as well be Peter Pan. <laughs> Pasternak discount. Give me a break. Sammy's way, they'd all be making a hundred grand. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Oh, this is delightful. Just delightful. Wow. Another match tonight. We get to put the Oilers game behind us. 9 p.m. start. Give me a give me a rebound score tonight for oh, the tournament. That was terrible last night. Ugh, give me a three-two win. 3-2 win? Sure. You got one? Wall? Yeah. Solid? Yeah, I think he's going to be. And that's going to really confuse the hell out of he's Leaf Nation. Mess him up. When he plays well, everybody's going to say that's... That's that's your backup. That's, no, that's that's the starter for game one. <laughs> Sammy, what do you got? Uh, better win. Enjoy the game tonight. We're back tomorrow. Most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.